When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks to each and every one of you who checked out this episode, uh, listening now, or, or listened to any of the uh, the interviews that we put out. In fact, uh, with new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would suggest being a subscriber if you're not already. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you like to get podcasts, just type in Kyle Meredith with and hit subscribe. We'll deliver three interviews to you a week so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. Kyle Meredith with wherever you get podcasts from. And I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking with Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon. He is an artist, and this is a band that have so much happening in, in 2020. Maybe that's surprising to you. Uh, I think it's actually a little bit surprising to the guys as well. And Kevin and I are going to get into uh, a lot of things, including uh, Camp Cronin. This is his uh, live streaming series that he's been doing with quarantine, with touring having been uh, canceled for the year. Uh, he's found a great way to connect through fans in a bit of a storyteller uh, type of uh, back and forth where he plays some of the old hits and gives you all the details behind the songs. That comes a little bit because, and he'll tell you about this too, Kevin is uh, writing his memoir and he's got a lot of stories to share. So we're going to get some details on the book and uh, uh, what spurred the idea of writing it to begin with. From there, we're also going to do some uh, some anniversary talk, like uh, a record that was released in 1990 celebrating its 30th anniversary called The Earth, A Small Man, His Dog, and His Chicken, uh, which was a record that, um, it's not one of the most celebrated in their catalog, but it's got some really interesting points in it, a bit of a back-up-against-the-wall type of situation where he also allows him to discuss his uh, dissolution of the partnership he had with Gary Richrath up until that point, as well as, uh, well, the deterioration of the band around that era. Uh, we'll also mention the 40th anniversary of High Infidelity, a, a much probably more famous record for the band. But that allows for other things. Uh, what it's been like to hang in there and being a comeback band time after time again, learning from their mistakes, not letting failure define them. Up until the present day, uh, they had a handful of songs on the series Ozark, and because of that, not only that, by the way, but the episode was named after Kevin Cronin, uh, it put those songs back on the charts once again, which is a big, 
big moments. So we're going to hear what that experience was like. He's also going to mention the time Dolly Parton covered time for me to fly. It's just one of the many, many great stories you'll get within this interview. Let's jump into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon. Hey, Kyle. How are you, man? Well, man, it, it has been a lot of fun watching what you've got going on lately. I know it's not the uh, conditions I think everyone had ever planned on. It's obviously not, but you've kind of taken it in stride and with Camp Cronin as being sort of the source and outlet. What's that experience been like for you? Because it's re- it's not the usual song and dance that a lot of artists have taken. It, it seems it's more personal. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm actually you know, pretty much uh, in the dark as far as what other artists are doing. I think that, I think that everyone in this, in, in our world would rather be out there touring and, and playing real concerts for, for our fans. And, but I think each individual has to decide what works for them as far as a way to connect uh, and stay connected with, with, with our fans that have been so loyal to us over the years. And, so this uh, this kind of just I just kind of fell into this thing by accident, as I do with uh, with most <laughs> of my ventures. And uh, and it's been uh, it's been it's been working out great and it's been a lot of fun. And, and for anyone that hasn't seen it, you know, it's you sort of found a format too, right? It's about a couple of songs. You get some real good stories behind them. I mean, of course, the stories I'm living for the stories right now. Oh, that's sweet. Well, you know, I, you know I've been working on a on a a memoir now for uh, about three and a half years, which also started by accident. And so, you know, in, in writing the book, of course, I remember all kinds of things that I wouldn't, wouldn't probably have, uh, it wouldn't have probably come to mind except for the fact that I'm kind of reliving my life story and, and the story of Ario Speedwagon as they're both so interconnected. But it dawned on me along the way that I've been kind of writing the soundtrack for this book ever since, you know, I was a kid and first started writing songs. So, you know, the book and the songs kind of go hand in hand. And so that, you know, that's been kind of my, my idea. And, uh, and then it occurred to me that I could do a little companion piece, I suppose, for the book and just start kind of at the beginning from when I first met Gary Richrath in 1972, and just kind of go through chronologically, uh, kind of song by song, and not every song we've ever recorded, obviously, but just kind of the the ones that were the most meaningful to me personally or to the band as a whole, and kind of tell the story of Ario Speedwagon through these little songs and stories from Camp Cronin. And uh, uh, and then you know we did we started a little spinoff where my 23 year old daughter Holly, who's just a a sweetheart and just is uh, just very comfortable in her own skin. Just a just an all-around uh, good young lady. Uh, she and I go live uh, at noon Pacific time on Saturday, where it's called Holly Picks, and people send in questions through the through the Facebook page and the website, etc. And Holly picks which ones she's going to ask me, and uh, you know. She kind of tries to stump me a little bit, and uh, we have a lot of fun. So we're kind of doing that as well. And, you know, it's just a way to, like I say, to stay connected with, uh, with people who, who our music uh, has you know, become part of their life. And um, the response has been great. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, we're keeping it going. You mentioned the book, and I think it's called Roll With The Changes, right? So you said uh, by accident you kind of fell into that. How was that by accident? 
Well, yeah, uh, the, the book is called Roll of the Changes, and then kind of in small, small print, My Life Within and Without REO Speedwagon. You know, the, I tell the, the, the story of how it started in the foreword to the book. I know someone else is supposed to write the foreword, but I didn't know that, so I wrote my own. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, so it's a little bit of a, of a story, but if I can give you the Reader's Digest version, I was just... Um, I was in Nottingham, England. The band had just gotten there uh, to start a month tour of the UK. And we had been gone a lot that year. We toured uh, for about five months with our buddies, Def Leppard, and we were away from home a lot. And I just got back to my hotel room. You know, the, the first gig was the following day. And I just kind of you know, kind of had a little panic attack, and which happens to me from time to time. And, you know, my go-to to kind of reset myself emotionally is to write about whatever it is that's going through my mind at, in these times of panic. And usually just writing about it kind of gets it out, gets it off my chest. I can kind of read it and then kind of figure out where to go from there. But uh, this particular time, I just never stopped. So the book uh, started in, in, the, in early December of 2016. And... Uh, I'm getting real close, and uh, uh, but but I understand that uh, that Springsteen took seven years to write his book. I, I just heard that last week, so that that made me feel a little bit better. But it's been great, man. It's been you know writing is writing, whether it's songs or blogs for the Ario Facebook page or or magazine articles or a book. It's all it's all just finding the right word to express what you're trying to get across to people. So it's a uh, it's been really a, a great journey, and uh, so, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Well, I know that comes back to a lot of those stories that I, I'm interested in hearing. And, and, and you know, hopefully when it gets to the point, even in Camp Cronin, one of the records that I, I am interested in hearing about is probably one of the less talked about ones, too. And, and that's The Earth, A Small Man, His Dog, A Chicken, Some Wild Geese, um, <laughs> Water dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> the title could go on if I didn't yes, to. I know. But this is a so this is a thirty year old record. It turns thirty uh, a nineteen ninety record. I, I know this wasn't the you know near the high point uh, of your career, but it, I feel like the stories that come out of this one could be some of the more interesting ones because this is sort of a back against the wall period for you all, right? Yeah, it you know I I don't think we we didn't see it that way at at the time. But, you know, in the rearview mirror, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it, it was 1989. The first thing that happened uh, in, in the world of REO Speedwagon in 1989 was in January, where <clears throat> where Gary and I kind of realized that, that the partnership uh, wasn't functional anymore. Uh, and, you know, and I get into to that uh, story in the book. I know a lot of REO fans are are curious about, you know, what happened because Gary and I had been such a, uh, such a, uh, we had such a strong connection and, uh, you know, to kind of describe what happened. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a story that I, that I can't just kind of flippantly uh, recount in a couple of minutes here, but, but yeah, so, you know, so Gary and I, you know, Gary went his separate way and, you know, that was, yeah, it was a tumultuous period uh, for sure. And, so yeah, there's there's it's a it's an interesting story. There there I, there are actually some songs on that record that I'm really proud of. And you know one of the biggest problems that we had was 
we had a brand new producer working with with me. Uh, we had uh, Jesse Harms who had joined the band. Jesse, I met through his songwriting, and, and we kind of made a strong songwriting connection. And I asked him to join the band on on that level because you know with Gary leaving, you know I lost or the I should say the band lost a a major songwriter and a major partner for me. And, and Jesse and I kind of formed this songwriting partnership, which uh, in my mind, I, I thought it was going to be a long lasting relationship. You know, it ended up sputtering out fairly quickly, but it was Jesse who knew Dave Amato and, uh, and introduced me to Dave, who has been, been with the band ever since. Uh, you know, we didn't even have a, 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 a real, a, permanent drummer at the time we we worked with uh graham lear who had joined the band for a minute graham's a great guy and an amazing drummer but didn't quite work for ario and then we russell conkel came in the studio and and we you know tried a couple of tracks with him we ended up doing a couple of tracks with the late great steve Picaro, and then uh and then my wife lisa introduced me to brian hitt and he was a perfect fit to brian hitt the perfect fit and so there was a lot going on back then, and uh, I think I probably answered uh, five questions there. But uh, yeah, there was a lot going on for sure. Well, it's it's interesting too because you know when you're an artist and you're in the moment, of course, most of the time you come out and you think this is the best album of my career, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of artists will say that after the time. And, and I'm with you. There's some great songs on this. Uh, obviously, the environment was changing in the world around you. So for whatever reason, once you're done with it, it's out of your hands. But but when you were finished, when you turned it in, when it was being released, could you see that it wasn't going to go the direction you were hoping for? Or, or I mean, did, did you have that feeling like you did for every other record before it? You know, that's a good question, Kyle. I, um, things had, had begun to deteriorate by the end of that record. And, and you know, a perfect example of that is the fact that, that we were kind of creatively just having, instead of working things out, we were kind of uh, bump, you know, kind of butting heads. And as a result, you know, making any uh, good creative decisions was really difficult. And uh, the, the album title kind of is a metaphor for the whole thing. I mean, that we, we got a, an illustration from an artist who was looking to get the gig to be the art director for the album. And this picture just said on the back of it, the earth a small man, his dog, and a chicken, which was just literally what the painting <laughs> depicted. And so we just said, okay, you know what I mean? Because we just weren't getting anywhere. Uh, and so we just had to uh, kind of grab that. And, you know, there was definitely a thought of, well, you know, this is this is outside the box for sure, but so was you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. The difference was you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish was kind of clever it was kind of funny the you know the the artwork was incredibly genius i mean we definitely we, we literally went down to long beach harbor picked out a fish put it on ice drove up to joshua tree national monument held it up against the blue sky and put a tuning fork in its mouth <laughs> held it up so that the sun would would glisten off the tuning fork exactly i mean th there was no Photoshop back then. That was the real deal, you know? So, but we kind of thought, well, maybe this is clever like that too. And, you know, so, you know, we just weren't connected uh, artistically the way, you know, and, and like I say, with, with three brand new guys in the band, 
you know, Tom Lord Algae is a great engineer, great producer, but we had never worked with him before. It was just, there was too much happening. We, we had never played a live show together. And, uh, you know, if we would have been wise, we would have waited uh, and we would have gone out on the road and, and got to know each other a little better. But, uh, you know, the record company was kind of breathing down our necks. And, you know, it was, it was the whole thing was, was uh, slightly ill-advised. And, uh, but, you know, that happens. You know, in a, in a 50-year career, you're going to have high points and low points. And, uh, you know, the, you know the, really the, the, the lesson is how do you rebound from the low points? You know, do you let them define you and let them destroy you? Or do you learn from them and come back stronger? And uh, Ario Speedwagon, is a, if, if nothing else, is a, a lesson in, uh, in how to come back from, uh, from adversity. Well, you know, it, it should be worth saying, too, that it, it has some good songs on there. You know, Love in the Future. I, I know you in a time you called it an ecological love song, which I thought was really fun and and go for broke. Uh, I mean, there's some great moments uh, on that record and, and it is, you know, peaks and valleys with any long career, but you know, you can usually still find the gems even in those, you know, lesser moments yeah. or whatever. Well, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate you noticing that Kyle. I mean, you know, my love is a rock was, was, I was pretty proud of that song and uh, the heart survives. I liked, I liked halfway, you know, there, there were a lot of nice songs on the record, you know, on, but you know, it, it wasn't as cohesive, uh, a piece of work is, is, is I, you know, I like albums to be cohesive and, and our best albums are ones that kind of are, the songs are connected thematically. They, they come from a, from a shared place among the band. And, you know, at that point, the band was just, we were just brand new. There, there was, there was no shared history. You know, there was Bruce Neal and I had shared history, but Brian, Dave, and, and, uh, and Jesse, you know, didn't. And it was, so I, but Hey, you know, I appreciate you noticing the, the, the few gems that were on there and it was learning experience and, you know, it got us to the next step. And, you know, that's where I look at it. And, uh, you know, we made a, we made a nice long comeback, which was going strong until a couple of months ago when, <laughs> when, uh, when mother nature decided to, to pull the plug on everything. And, so, you know, here we are at Camp Cronin trying to make the best of it. Right. Well, I'll wrap up with this, too, because there are plenty of great moments throughout your history. I'll quickly mention it's also the 40th this year of High Infidelity. It's talking about shared experiences. I love that one reviewer called that your blood on the tracks because I don't know why I hadn't really listened to it in that lens, but that really seems sort of perfect considering uh, the, the thematics that's happening all throughout that record. And um and you know, with the comeback in Ozark, uh, I'll, you know, I know that's been talked about a lot. But having your music on there, putting you back on the charts, I mean, it really seems like it's a, it's been a fun time for Ario Speedwagon, Pitbull sampling you a few years ago. I mean, this is this is all cool stuff, man. Yeah, you know, you're right, and and it is true. I think I think we're we're the band that that you know, it's kind of in our music. You know, our first song that people kind of connected to was riding the storm out you know we have roll with the changes we have needed to fall we have all these songs about hanging in there and as we talked about earlier you know learning from your mistakes and and continuing to grow and and not not letting failure define you you know making it a learning experience and you know you hang around long enough and suddenly some of the people who were fans of the band when they were in high school and college are producing movies and TV shows and, and, uh, and, you know, they had a connection to the songs. And so, yeah, when, when we got the call about Ozark, it was just great because it's such a great show. And, you know, we got to, uh, to spend the day on set and, 
you know, the, all the people involved with the show from, and it starts at the top, you know, Jason Bateman, you, you're not going to meet uh, a cooler guy than Jason. And he's just exactly what you see is what you get with him. And, uh, you know, the, the writing on the show is so great. And, and our song time for me to fly fit into the plot line so perfectly. And also, you know, there, I think there was another level to it where Missouri uh, was really the first uh, place in the country that really embraced Ario Speedwagon between St. Louis and Kansas City and everything in between, you know, from Springfield to Columbia, uh, all through the Ozarks. And we played gigs there, uh, you know, all the time. People, people in that part of the country are our oldest and, and most loyal fans. So it, I think the producers kind of realize that our, if they're going to pick a rock band to, to perform on the, <laughs> on the riverboat, it really, you know, we were the right answer. And uh, it was, a, it was really a perfect fit. And yeah, suddenly, you know, all of a sudden we have four songs on the charts and all this, uh, you know, a little, and, and it happens all the time. And we've got, you know, our, our songs pop up in TV shows and that, that I'm not even aware of. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know my wife was watching a, a show. I think it was called, uh, this is us. She's, she was kind of binging that last week and she's like, honey, what, one of your songs is on. I'm like, ah, oh, awesome. You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, as a songwriter, as it's, you know, to me, the ultimate compliment has always been obviously when you have a hit record that, you know, that, that's, that's just the greatest, uh, uh, validation that, that you can get, but even kind of more so when, when someone else decides that, they want to use your song, whether it's a, like you say, a TV show or a movie or a product placement, or the best is when another artist records it. And, uh, you know, we're with this new kind of attention going to time for me to fly, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but Dolly Parton actually covered time for me to fly years ago in her white limousine album. And she turned it into a freaking hoedown and it's like mandolins and banjos and and you know it's awesome and so the the you know there's there's some energy going around uh, around time for me to fly and dolly and me and you know you never know what's going to come of it but you know th those are just great moments and i've been i've been so fortunate over the years that i mean i you know I was just a kind of dorky folk singer from Chicago, man. And then, you know, to end up, you know, just kind of meeting Gary Richrap by accident, uh, reconnected, becoming, you know, lead singer in a rock and roll band. I would have never, you know, no one would have ever uh, suspected that that would happen. And it's been just an amazing ride. And, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm writing the whole story in the book, warts and all, man, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there have been some, some, uh, some dark moments, some things that I'm not particularly proud of, you know, and, but I think, you know, telling the whole story and putting it out there, uh, you know, I, I really want to, uh, you know, one of my goals is to humanize not only myself, but the whole band and the, and the band's whole story. And uh, so hopefully the book will, will be fun for people that have been along for the whole ride and be you know, entertaining for, for some people that are like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, let's check this out. So of course I got to finish it first. <laughs> well, good luck on that. We'll be looking forward to reading it. I'll certainly be looking forward to reading it and, and checking out everything you got going on in the future. Kevin, thank you so much for all of the music through these decades. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this today too. Oh, you're welcome, Kyle. This has been awesome. And 
you know, you know, let, let's, uh, you know, let, let a little time pass to see what happens and then let's, let's reconnect and, and pick up where we left off. I would love to, I would absolutely love that. All right, brother. All right. Well, you, you be safe, take care, you know, you know, stay, keep your social distance and, uh, you know, let's all get through this together. And, uh, and, and I, and as I always say, things are going to get better. So we'll talk to you soon, Kyle. Right, thank you. Perfectly said. Thanks. See you, Kevin. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. My thanks to Kevin Cronin, Ario Speedwagon. Again, there's a lot happening. Uh, the Ozart episode is out now. 30th anniversary of the Earth, a small man, his dog, and a chicken. 40th of high infidelity. As if you needed a good reason to listen to some REO Speedwagon today. Uh, also, keep an eye on his Camp Cronin series that's running online as well. So big thanks to Kevin. Big thanks to you again for checking out this episode. Before you get out of here, I do hope you hit the subscribe button. Wherever you're listening from, there is probably a subscribe button in front of you. But that does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podchaser, Stitcher, NPR.org. Just type in Kyle Meredith with... Hit that subscribe button. We'll deliver brand new interviews to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. Then after that, head to WFPK.org. Now that's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on uh, all the social media spots, at Kyle Meredith. Hope you do uh, like and follow in the appropriate places. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.